How many dads we have here today? Would you raise your hand? Let's give them all a grand applause. Can you do so? That's for you guys and uh, for those of you who are downstairs in our cafe and uh, those who are watching online. I just want to say uh, happy Father's Day to all you guys. And um, if any of you have any adventurous stuff like we just showed you that you've done, I'd like to see it. Would you grab a car that's moving down the road and hang on like that? If your kid was in it? Absolutely. Well, what I want to talk about today is everyday heroes. As we honor dads, and, and uh, we must emphasize those who, who uh, have the heart of a dad. You may not have any children of your own. You know, you may be young or old, whatever, but you've got the heart that cares about people, you know, kids especially. And if that's you, and, you know, we know in, in this world we live, every situation was not perfect. Everybody didn't have a, a, a perfect dad. But there's probably a figure, a, a fatherly figure somewhere. It might have been an uncle or brother or just a neighbor or somebody who showed you a little bit of attention. And I want to honor the, the dads, the, the fathers who did it right, but those who aren't real dads, but they've got the heart and the passion of that. And um, just to remind you that today, five years ago today, we started our ministry, our outreach to Cora. You know, that's in, in Africa, and all the kids that we help, it all started five years ago today on Father's Day. We did that on purpose on Father's Day, because that's the heart of our Heavenly Father to care for orphans and, and widows and, and so forth. And there are hundreds of kids who have been helped and some have already aged out and they've gone on with their lives and, and all. But so uh, at some point we'll talk just a little bit about uh, the, the kids in Cora, uh, talk a little bit about that and would hopefully and challenge you if you've not sponsored one or two already, maybe you'd consider doing that. But I want to talk about everyday heroes. Philosopher John Dewey, he says, the deepest urge in human nature is the desire to be important. Dads, you guys are important. Whether you know it or not, you're important. Whether you feel important or not, you are important. But John Dewey says, the deepest urge in human nature is the desire to be important. Deep down, we long for significance. We want to be somebody's hero. Dads, you are significant. You are important. You are a hero. Now, when we, Susan and I and, and Judah, were moving to New England as we were driving up, and, you know, they call things different by different names in New England than we do in South Carolina, and it wasn't, I don't think it was necessarily right here in Connecticut, but on the way up, at some point along the line where we stopped, um, we saw that at this, this uh, little sandwich shop, they sold heroes, you know. I didn't know what a hero was. 
and I also saw they sell grinders, and I thought that was something that you grind metal with, you know. But I discovered that a hero, you know what a hero was? This long, crusty piece of bread that you slice in half, and you layer it with all these layers of, you know, meats of all different kinds and all kinds of cheeses, you know, it's like this thick, you know, just the meat, you know, and the cheese, and then you put your lettuce and tomatoes on it and your condiments, maybe a little Italian salad dressing. It's like, I had no breakfast. I'm getting hungry thinking about that, you know. <laughs> mm, that would be pretty good, you know. I had some gluten-free uh, rolls, I suppose. But uh, that's not the kind of heroes I'm talking about, okay. That was a sandwich called a hero. But we're talking about everyday heroes. And uh, a hero I'm talking about is a person who is endowed with courage and strength. Someone who fights for a cause. And dads, I'm going to tell you, we have a noble cause with our children. And if you just have the heart of a father, where you care about kids and all, you know, we have a noble cause, a noble purpose. We really do. I saw a Father's Day card in a, uh, uh, a Hallmark store, and it said, not all heroes wear capes. Now look around us here this morning. Do you see anybody wearing a cape? No, not really. But, yeah, one maybe back there somewhere. But I don't have my glasses on. But we are in the midst of some heroes. Everyday heroes, we may call them. You know, in my generation, we had heroes. And, and some superheroes as well. You, you, you remember this? Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Who's that? Superman. Awesome. So y'all remember Superman also. That was back during my time as well. And then uh, Tarzan. Y'all remember Tarzan? What? Okay, some of you do. What about Zorro? If, if you remember Zorro. That means you're old, okay? That means you're old, because I love Zorro. You know, he left a little Z with his sword there, you know? But I love Zorro. Three Musketeers, you know, you had Roy Rogers. You had the Lone Ranger with Tonto. Don't forget Tonto there. Uh, you know, Robin Hood, and as I was getting a little bit older on there, you know, then Spider-Man showed up, to be honest with you. And um, along with Spider-Man, uh, we, we had Batman and, and Robin and... You know, then as time was progressing, we had the Hulk and, and all, and, and many, many others. And nowadays, there's more heroes out there that you can read about or watch about than, than you can possibly imagine. But the, the heroes, they did things that ordinary people couldn't do. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they had knowledge. They, they had skills. They had super uh, human strengths and, and could fly and all those kinds of things. Well, what we're talking about today is everyday heroes. You don't necessarily notice them because they're not wearing a cape, they're not wearing a mask, you know, but they are heroic just the same. And um, what heroes, all true heroes have in common is that real heroes, they serve other people. Every hero that you read about who's a good guy, 
He makes tremendous sacrifices of his own time and relationships to come to somebody's rescue when they're in need, right? They're there to, to help you through difficult times and to, to help you know, lock up the bad guy and, and to rescue you and save you and, and so forth and so on. True heroes, they're there to serve, to serve others. True heroes, they put their life on the line for other people. They're, they're unselfish. They're, they're uh, untiring and serving others, serving their community even. Sounds a whole lot like some dads I know who are everyday heroes. They lay their life on the line. They, they're willing to die to their own self, their own ambitions on behalf of their kids and other people's kids even, you know. So uh, just like that guy we saw grab a hold of the side of that truck, right? That was awesome, wasn't it? She's like, that guy's a hero, you know? He, he, he saved the life of his kid, you know, by grabbing a hold of that thing. Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14, it says, With the help of the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, carefully guard what has been entrusted to you. You know, uh, if you think about this for a moment, your family, dads, your family has been entrusted to you. God's word has been entrusted to you. And you know, uh, God's word produces faith. And it nourishes us. It nourishes your family. And the Bible says here, carefully guard what has been entrusted to you. You're, you're a sentry, you know, a, you're the security. You are the protector and, if need be, the warrior. You know, everyday heroes. Now, there's a golfer by the name of Juan Rodriguez. His nickname is Chi-Chi. And he's considered to be one of the finest and the most upstanding men on the golf circuit. And he tells a memory about his father. He says, one night... Said Rodriguez, at about two in the morning, my father caught a man stealing bananas from our backyard. And he went over to the man with his machete and he took the bananas. You know, bananas grow on a, a long, uh, you know, branch like there. And there's bunches and bunches and bunches of bananas. So he took this machete, he took the bananas and he cut the branch in half. And he said, here, you can have this. He gave him half of the bananas. And then he said, from now on, if you need anything from the back of our house, you come to the front, okay? And, and this is a memory this great golfer had of his dad. Now, when there's something that goes bump in your house in the night, who gets up and checks on it? Do you send your wife? Well, you do. <laughs> well, when I hear something, I go around, and, and if it's the dog's going crazy outside, I just tell Susan. I always tell her the same thing. I said, if you hear a lot of shooting, you know I got a bear or a mountain lion already down. You know, I'll be dragging it in momentarily, you know. And she laughs and chuckles. One of these days, I'm going to drag one in for real. You know, she's going to be surprised, you know. But you think about it. You know, everyday heroes, you do what you have to do 
on behalf of your family. And everyday heroes, even if you are afraid of the dark, even, you know, if that's not the, your normal thing, when you're thinking about your family, you do what you got to do. You, you serve them. You put yourself in the front of where there may be some danger. The word courage means an inner strength to venture, to persevere, to confront risk and danger and fear and difficulty, and to conduct yourself valiantly, to have guts. Y'all use that term much? Man, that guy had guts, didn't he? That's talking about bravery. It's talking about fortitude, uh, staying power, you know, stamina, determination, endurance. And that's the stuff that heroes are made out of. This courage here. Everyday heroes, they inspire courage in their sons and daughters. And, and the other kids who are in their sphere of influence, they inspire them, you know. Uh, Tim Hansel said, the Bible is a book of courage where ordinary people were invaded, which means to be occupied. The Bible is a book of courage where ordinary people were invaded by the living God. And when God comes in, we're more courageous than ever before, genuinely. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, solid like a rock. And then it says, be men of courage, be strong. Don't be a wimp when it comes to faith. You know, the Bible tells us that you can have as much faith as you want because the Bible says faith comes by hearing God's word. And as you hear God's word, it produces faith. And by you sharing God's word, you inspire faith in your kids and, and people who is in your sphere of influence. But he says here in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on guard, stand firm in your faith, in the faith. Be men of courage, be strong. And everything you do must be done with love. You can be an everyday hero, but you act in love. And, and, and there's some guys, you know, they, they, they think that in order to show love, it shows weakness, but it's not true. That's a lie. In, in order for you and I to demonstrate and to show love, you're not showing weakness at all. Christ, he loved us, did he not? He went to the cross. He had the power and the strength. To, the wife had all the bad guys, just like that. But he loved the Bible says God loved the world so much he sent his son. And whoever believes in him, in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It takes courage to show and to demonstrate love. It is not the evidence of weakness to show love. It really isn't. Remember that all heroes don't wear capes. But all heroes have courage to serve one another. True heroes they're not self-centered, they're other-centered. True heroes serve other people. Dads are real heroes and, and, and superheroes in, in their children's lives. They really are. But rarely do we, and I'm, I'm a dad as well, rarely do we feel heroic. Oh, maybe occasionally, you know. But rarely do we feel heroic just going through the everyday normal routines and all. But you are awesome 
You are heroic. An everyday hero, nobody else may pat you on the back and say, what a hero you are, but you are. You're making a difference. You, you, you are a person of significance. You are important, genuinely. And uh, I'd like us to see just a little video clip here. Uh, and in this clip, what you're going to see, what I want you to look out for, is a dad who seems to be kind of weak. People make fun of him and insult him and all kinds of things. And he, to the community and to his kid, he seems to be weak because he's very forgiving, turning the other cheek. He's very loving, but he is anything but weak. I want you just to be on the lookout. Get on with your business. I guess this is all my fault. I can't control myself. I expect you to. Let the river The things you cannot feel And close your fingertips And fly where I can't hold you Let the sun rain fall And let the dewy clouds enfold you And maybe you can sing to I hope me you know them the kids that just beat me I up I know who they are, son. Well, then why did you just give a mom and Lydia's cotton candy? Because it looked like they hadn't been given nothing in a long time. slamming against our car like that, he got, got a little emotional. Daddy's drinking cinnamon and falling in a poison ivy. Yeah, I got dung all 
Kids are gonna live. Doesn't look like there's any real damage done to our fine animals. You being smart with me? Because if you're looking for a fight, I'll fight you right now. But I don't believe in fighting. I bet you don't. You yellow-tailed chicken livered wussy. you to put your hands on my son. You don't see me correcting your children. I don't mind so much. You plowing into my car and I don't take offense at you calling me names. But you go after my child, he's gonna push a button on me and then I'm gonna lose control and kill you. And I'll apologize to my son. I apologize. It's mighty kind to you. My son has something to tell you. Apologize to Mr. Lip, Nicky Stu. Tell him you're sorry for insulting him. Sorry, Mr. Lip, Just because you forgive and turn the other cheek, and just because you demonstrate love, it don't mean you're weak. It don't mean that at all. That guy was not a wimp. He wasn't weak, although he was trying to demonstrate to his kids about love and forgiveness and the such. Anyhow, it says in Matthew 23, verse 11, it says, the greatest among you must be a servant, the greatest. You want to be the greatest here on this planet, in this community, in this room? The Bible says the greatest among you must be, this is Jesus telling us this, must be a servant. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was, our Lord Jesus Christ was. You know, he was and is heroic in the fight against the powers of darkness and evil to rescue you and, and, and me. But he was loving. He forgave. He turned the other cheek. You know, he demonstrated love when he could have just wiped all the bad people off of the planet. He could have, but that's not what he chose to do. And it says here, you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was. Though he was very rich, because he was there in heaven with the Father. Our Bible tells us he left the riches in glory to come here. But it says, though he was very rich for your sakes, he became poor when he descended down here to earth 
to impact our lives so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. And he made some serious sacrifices for you and for me. Heroic, if you would. What a role model Christ has given to us who are dads or who have that heart of a dad uh, for, for, for kids and all. There's a song we sing from time to time that's based upon this particular passage. And it says, he came from heaven to earth. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. And from the earth to the cross, our debts to pay. And then from the cross to the grave. And then from the grave to the resurrection to the sky. And we lift his name on high. Jesus is anything but a coward. And uh, he is love personified. Forgiving. And, and giving us a role model to follow. Jesus, the, the Bible refers to him as being meek, which just means great power under control. Under control. That's what dads are. And I commend dads. You know, Jesus descended into greatness as he left the presence of the Father and all of his riches and glory, and he came here to this earth to help you and me, to serve you and me, you know, and the way we pursue greatness, and, and, and there's two ways of pursuing greatness. It determines whether we become a hero or a zero. If you pursue greatness by just putting yourself first, you end up becoming a zero. You know, but when you put others first and you, you come to serve, especially your own family, and then others that God brings across your path, that, that's heroic. That's where you become a, an everyday hero. Jesus explains how to achieve this kind of greatness in, in the book of Matthew and what it is that makes a true hero. It says, Matthew 20, verse 26, it says, Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. And that's what dads do. They're great. They're they're significant. They're servants. They, they're, they're heroic. They genuinely are. So heroes, here's your call. Verse 27 in Matthew 20, it says, whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave, must be a servant he's talking about. Verse 28 says, that is what the Son of Man, that's what about Jesus, that is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not be served, and then to give away his life. Remember when he prayed there in the garden? He said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Verse 28, that is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not be served, and then to give away his life in exchange, which means a ransom. In exchange, he gave away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage by, by sin, by the powers of darkness, you know. And, and we give our time, our energy, our resources, our, our monies and all to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. You know, there are a whole bunch of children over in uh, Ethiopia right now. I actually have a, a few of their cards because there's hundreds of other ones who actually need 
to be sponsored. And here's, uh, I've got three girls here, and I have three young boys here, and I just got them off the table back there. These kids are, are looking to be sponsored, and there's men and women who have sponsored a whole bunch. But there's more kids who, uh, let me tell you what we do. You, you can't find this organization online because this organization is Faith Living Church. This is us. Five years ago today, we started Help Cora, you know, and uh, we've started a couple churches over there who are caring for them. And uh, it costs $34 a month, and uh, we stretch a dollar much further than most people do, but it pays for a kid to eat good, healthy, quality food every day, to have clean water every day, to have people in the church that we establish over there who will love them and care for them. They get a good education. They get good, clean clothes. They get spiritual education and discipleship. They get the basic medical care, you know, and so forth. That's a dollar a day. That's, that's me buying one cheap cup of coffee somewhere, you know, that I can take care of a kid, you know, a dollar a day. And there are men and women who have actually done that, and we're, we're sponsoring a whole bunch of kids, but there's a whole bunch more who, well, we can't take them in. We, we've stretched, and we're actually taking more kids in than we got sponsors for, and it has a tendency to drain us, you know, as a church financially because we also finance the churches over there because they have no resources, to be honest with you. But there's a difference. For five years, there have been hundreds and hundreds of kids who've come through our program over there. Now they've aged out. Now they're adults, and they're going on with their life. Our goal is to, you know, eventually teach them trades and things that the widows can do to make a living. And the kids, you know, things that they can do to to have a very successful career. This is what we're doing, Faith Living Church. That's us. That's what we've been doing for five years as of today. Nobody else, no other organization. That's just Faith Living Church. Amen. So, to be a hero, we must descend into greatness. And that's by serving other people. Robert R. Kopp, he tells a story of Walter a young man who went to work for the largest corporation in the world. The personnel director told Walter that he must start at the bottom and work his way up. So he began to work in the mailroom. Walter liked his job in the mailroom, but often daydreamed about what it would be like to be an executive, you know, or the president, or maybe even the chairman of the board. And one day, as Walter was dividing up the mail, he saw a cockroach in the corner of the room. As he walked over to step on it, Walter heard a tiny voice crying out, Don't kill me. I'm Milton the cockroach. <laughs> and if you spare me, I'll grant all your wishes. Walter agreed. That was a good arrangement. And he spared Milton's life. Walter's first wish was to leave the mailroom and become a vice president. So Milton granted the wish. In fact, Milton granted wish after wish until finally Walter was chairman of the board of the largest corporation in the world. And with an office on the top floor of the tallest building in the world, everyone looked up to Walter, and he was very happy. Walter often said to himself, I am Walter, and I am at the top 
No one is bigger or more important than me. And then one day Walter heard footsteps on the roof. And he went out to find a small boy on his knees praying. Are you praying to Walter, he asked. After all, he was the chairman of the board of the largest corporation in the world. But the boy replied, oh no, I'm praying to God. Well, Walter was quite disturbed by this turn of events, so he returned to his office and he sent for Milton the cockroach. I have another wish, he told Milton. I want to be like God. And so Milton granted Walter's wish. And the next day, Walter was back in the mailroom. He was serving people now. See, we all have an inward uh, drive for greatness, to be important, to, to be heroic. And, and God intends for us to live a life of significance. He really does. And, and he'll help us, you know. But achieving importance does not come by exalting yourself. That's, that's not the way to get where you want to go. But, you know, to achieve importance and significance comes by serving other people. When you serve others, that's where it makes a difference, you see. It changes things. And to be a hero, we must follow the example of Jesus. So we descend into greatness. That's through humility, you see, by committing ourselves to serve others. It says in Philippians 2, verse 5, it says, Your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. It's not about me, it's about others, you see. It says, he made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. See, he was descending into greatness. And it says in verse 8, talking about Jesus, and in human form, when Jesus came to this earth, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying, for you and me, by dying a criminal's death on the cross. And see, there's no greater heroic action than giving your life for others or, or just dying to our own self, our own selfish goals and ambitions to live for others. And that's what I see happen in dad's lives. So often they die to what they want to do so they can serve their families and the folks who are in their communities and all. I read not long ago about a, a dad and he had a, a 10-year-old daughter and she was born with one kidney. And at the age of 10, her kidney failed. And anyhow, he, he did what he had promised all along. He said, honey, if there's anything I can do for you, I'll do it, anything. And what he did is he gave his kidney for his daughter. And she recovered miraculously, and he never worried about her again. And uh, was that a real, real sacrifice for him? It was a privilege. It was an honor for him to save her life by giving one of his kidneys to her. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says, I a prisoner, and he's talking about a prisoner out of love because he loves, he says, I a prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. 
for you have been called by God. And we've been called. You dads, we've, we've been called to fatherhood. And many of you who don't have natural children of your own, you've still been called to, to role model that unselfish serving. And he says here, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, you know. Worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God, been called to fatherhood, and not just fatherhood here. Many of you are, are like a father, and many of you sponsor kids over in Ethiopia, and they, they eat every day, and they're healthy, and they got love, and they're learning about Jesus just because of your heart. That's why we chose Father's Day to start this outreach, because it's the heartbeat of God to care for orphans and widows and those who are in great need. In uh, Psalm 68, verse 5, it says, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows. See, God cares about the orphans. God cares about the widows. And it says, this is God whose dwelling is holy. And then listen to what it says in verse 6. God places the lonely in families. See, God has placed a, a couple of those kids in Ethiopia in our family. Now, we don't sit down with them and see them every day, but we make sure that they have food and water and other people do sit down, and we sponsor them so that does happen for them. God put them in our family, and God has put so many of those kids over there in Faith Living Church's family. He genuinely has. And, and, and we're making a difference, although there's some distance. We're making a difference for hundreds of kids who would not eat and drink and be clothed and learn about Christ and get an education if it hadn't been for you for the last five years. I'm just telling you, that's just the way it is. That's the, the truth of it. You know, it says, God places the lonely in families where they no longer have to dig through garbage to find something to eat, you know? And he sets the prisoners free and he gives them joy. He's called us to greatness. He's called us to be heroes. He's called us to serve. Now listen to this passage in James 1.27. It says, pure and genuine religion. This is not a bunch of rules and regulations. This is the pure deal. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means, this is what pure religion means, caring for orphans and widows in their distress. That's when you got the real deal. When you care for orphans and widows in their distress. And so many of you have been doing that. Even a great sacrifice on your own part. You know? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. See, uh, a hero's call is to serve out of love. And it says here to be patient with each other. Now, do you only serve perfect people? Has God taken good care of you? Are you perfect? No, we're not. And see, when we care for people, are our children that we, we serve and care for, are they perfect? No, they're not. And see, God has involved himself in our lives, and he's cared for us. So we don't have to, well, if people that we're reaching out to and helping, they're not perfect, that's okay. 
That's God's business, to be honest with you. You know, the step from a zero to a hero is simple. It's to love others. When we begin to love and serve other people, we step from the zero to becoming a hero, heroic. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, And everything you do must be done with love. And it takes courage, as I said before. It takes courage to show love because so many people think it's a sign of weakness. Now, when answering a letter about what does a dad do, Irma Bombeck, you know, who you've seen her name on a lot of greeting cards that you pick up at the, the drugstore, you know, but this is her response when she was asked, what does a dad do? It wasn't until my husband and I had children that I was able to observe firsthand what a father contributed to a child's life. What did he do to deserve his children's respect? He rarely fed, he rarely fed them and rarely did anything about their sagging diapers. Rarely did he wipe their noses or their fannies. And rarely did he play ball or, or bond with them under the hoods of their cars. Well, what did he do? He threw them higher than his head until they were weak with laughter. He cast the deciding vote on the puppy debate. He listened to more than he talked. He let them make mistakes, and he allowed them to fall from their first two-wheeler without having a heart attack. He read a newspaper while they were trying to parallel park a car for the first time in preparation for their driving test. If I had to tell someone's son what a father really does, that's important. It would be that he shows up for the job in good times and bad times. What dads do is they show up. Everyday heroes. They're there. He's a man who is constantly being observed by his children. They learn from him how to handle adversity, anger, disappointment, and success. He won't laugh at their dreams, no matter how impossible they might seem. He goes out at 1 a.m. when one of his children runs out of gas. He'll make unpopular decisions, and he'll stand by them. And when he's wrong and makes mistakes, he'll admit it. He sets the tone for how family members treat one another. Members of the opposite sex, he, he sets a standard how to treat them and people who are different than they are. By example, he can instill the desire to give something back to the community when its needs are greater than their needs. Uh, you know, and we've been doing that. We've been giving back to our community here, to all the kids, as well as the kids over in Ethiopia. You know, men with the heart of a, a father they involve and invest themselves in children's lives. Just like our Heavenly Father has involved and invested himself in our lives. He really has. Uh, God's given you the privilege. But let me say it this way. He's given us an opportunity to truly rise up and do something heroic in our families' lives, in our communities' lives, in the world in which we live, 
He's given us those opportunities. Now I want to share a testimony with you. And uh, this brother, precious brother, I'm sure he really didn't want to do this, but I asked him, and out of, uh, you know, just respect for me, he shared with me you know, in a testimony form uh, what he's done because I said, you know, I believe this would inspire our church family in a great way. So I want you just to have an open heart as we listen to this testimony together. My name's Dana Ravenberg, and my wife, Georgette, and two sons, Torin and Eric. I'm age 53, and I've been living here in Connecticut uh, since 2003. Having traveled throughout the world, you know, I was in the Army for a long time, you do see different countries and different levels of poverty and destitution. And I knew that a place like Cora would be definitely on the higher scale of poverty, destitution, and, and needing assistance. And I thought it was great that Faith Living Church and Pastor Ron and his staff decided to take that on as a mission because it's, it's, it's a big mission. For me, it, was, it, it seemed important right from the very beginning. Of course, I did the standard uh, monthly contribution for, for a couple of kids, and that's pretty straightforward initially. But then I found another way to perhaps contribute to it as well. Um, I started a um, real estate uh, investment of investing in a uh, multifamily house in Southington initially. Uh, bought it on foreclosure, and then me and my business partner, who uh, for the next purchase, we purchased another 15 apartments. And um, with that, you know, we wanted to do something similar. The first year, um, there was some maintenance we had to pay for. There was a lot of things we had to pay for for the safe the first year. And then the second year, we became, you know, fairly, fairly profitable. And what I uh, originally got into real estate for was to try to help support my, my parents as they've aged and outlived their savings, essentially. And now I've got a little less res responsibility on that end, and so I'm shifting it a little more towards Cora. And so what I did was, uh, at, at the end of, say, this last year, my business partner and I, we were talking about how much we would donate uh, at the end of the year here, now the tax season's over. And initially, you know, the initial numbers were the usual 10%, et cetera. And um, the more I thought about it, I said, you know, 10%'s really not enough. Because, um, number one, you know, I've probably been robbing God my whole life. And so why not just do at least one year where you're giving 100%? And 100% would include, I figured if I could give 100% of my profits for this year, that means not just the money, but also every time I mowed the grass, every time I fixed a leaky toilet or I, I busted up a, a sewer pipe under the basement to, you know, fix that, all those things together, um, it, it, would, it would mean everything for that year. It was a real commitment instead of just something less than 100%. My business partner asked me, Scott, he says, um, well, how much are you thinking? And I said, well, I don't know if you want to go that high. And he says, well, tell me. And I said, I was thinking 100%. And without missing a beat, he, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, no problem. So I was pretty excited because now we had essentially doubled uh, the amount that we planned on giving. And I was blessed uh, not only with my wife because she was on board with it, um, and also my business partner who wanted to uh, share not only in the ministry but also wanted to share the success and the fruits of his labor because he was right there with me mowing lawns, painting. So was my wife. She did. She's done plenty of painting. And, and so I just felt 100% was, was the right number for this year. 
Now I want you to understand, he shared that because I asked him to do so. You know, but uh, that wasn't natural. It wasn't natural for Dana and for Scott to come and say, we're going to give 100% of the profits of our work for a whole year. That wasn't natural. That was supernatural. You know, that wasn't just a fleshly kind of a thing. That was thinking about kids who are likely to die, who wouldn't eat, who wouldn't come to know Christ, and they made a big difference. Now, I don't know if God's asking you to give 100%, but I think we can all sponsor a, a child. You know, maybe two kids, you know. These kids right here, and these kids will be back on that table in just a few moments. This is six right here, three girls and three boys. Because, see, they need more than only the, the dollars and the cents. They need us to pray for them. You know prayer makes a difference, right? And, you know, to write them and to communicate with them. And then they'll write back because we've got translators who are there who will translate that back and forth. And so they know that there's somebody over here who loves them and cares about them and encourages them in their, their faith. When we're talking about everyday heroes, we got heroes all over this place. A lot of you guys online, guys in the overflow in the cafe downstairs, you guys in the balcony, there are heroes, everyday heroes all around about us, men and women, and just uh, once in a while I have opportunity to grab one and say, would you share a testimony? But there's all kinds of wonderful things going on that men and women are, are rising up and they're not living for themselves. That they're moving from that zero of just self-serving life to a hero to serving others. And it genuinely makes a difference. So I would hope that we would all reach out knowing it's a dollar a day. A dollar a day. I know I can give up a cup of coffee. I, tr I drink more than one cup of coffee a day. I, I know I can do that. And I'm not trying to guilt anybody into it. This is a privilege and it's an opportunity. And that's the only reason I want you to get involved in it is because you see, I want to make a difference in the life of a child. That's the only reason I want you to do it. If you feel guilty or like we're manipulating you, forget it. Don't even do anything there. It's an opportunity to make a, a difference in a child's life who will come to know Christ, who will meet maybe here on this earth one day, but will surely get to know him in heaven one day when they say thank you for what you did. Now, I want to read you a passage that just gives us just the, the peace and the comfort of something. Let me just read it to you, and then I'll explain it. It's in Proverbs nineteen seventeen. It says, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Lord, we heard an emergency vehicle out there. We don't know what's going on, but sounds like somebody's in need. Might be somebody we know. We ask that you'd help them, oh, Father, whatever their situation is, and you'd help those who are responding and uh, just minister to all of them and draw them unto yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. But listen to that passage again. If you help the poor, the orphans and the widows, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Now, Dana and his partner had no concept about, hey, we're doing this just because we get a lot more back. Now, that principle works. When you sow, you reap. But that wasn't their heart. Their heart was, I want to make a difference for somebody else. I want to make a difference for a child. And it says, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. 
We better pray again. Is that okay? Might be your house, okay? Father, we hear a fire truck off in the distance. And there are probably many other needs going on that we don't hear. And we ask that you'd help those people in need. Lord, we do care about them. We ask that you would come to their rescue as they're crying out for help right now. Whatever's going on, that you would help them. And thank you, Lord, for the men and the women who serve and they respond to needs like this. Bless them and bless all they set their hand to this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'm going to read that verse one more time, and then we're going to getting ready to wrap things up here. But it says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. You will never outgive God. You will never go bankrupt by caring for other people. I promise you that. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm, you know, solid like a rock. Let nothing move you. It's talking about being anchored, you know. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And, and that there where it says give yourselves fully, he's talking about serving the Lord enthusiastically. Do you understand enthusiastically? You know, our son James, he was a captain of the rugby team this year, and that was awesome. And we've gone to all of his games. I may have missed one because I had to preach and they chose a game when I was preaching, but I always wanted to be at every game. But going with Susan is embarrassing, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> she's hooting and hollering and carrying on the whole time. I wanted to go over here and sit with somebody else, you know. <laughs> now, I hooted and hollered my own little bit, but she got carried away with the stuff, you know. And that's what enthusiastic means. You ever be pulling for your ball team? You get together, have a Super Bowl party or something, and your team is winning? How do you act? Well, that's nice. You are enthusiastic, you know? You're hooting and hollering, throwing popcorn, jumping up and down, acting crazy, you know? And the Bible says, let nothing move you. It says, always give yourselves fully, enthusiastically to the work of the Lord. You know, because I'm telling you, folks, serving the Lord is not boring. You think of Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. You think of David facing that giant who was slain. I'm going to tell you, serving God is anything but boring. That, that's just the truth of it. So we're going to uh, do a little drawing for the man basket in just a moment. Uh, but before we do... I want to show you one more video. Now, I'm, I'm asking a lot this, this week because the dads can handle it, okay? I know I'm asking you to sponsor a kid in Ethiopia, at least one, two would be better, but I'm asking you to volunteer at our Vacation Bible Adventure. We have literally hundreds of children every year come up across this property. They're in here, and at the same time, they're out in the back, and they're, you know, at the same time, they're in the front, and they're over in the park. There's not, a, there's not an inch, there's not a kid at, you know, hardly. But I just want to give you a little sneak preview of what's going to be happening right here in three weeks from now. And uh, I need at least 250 volunteers to pull it off. Young men and women and, and older ones. So we're going to take a little peek at it, and then I'll wrap things up. You know, this tent right now, it's empty, but in a few weeks, it's going to be amazing what's going to be taking place under this tent and on this small piece of property. 
Hello, I'm Pastor Ron. Now, I tell you, our Vacation Bible Adventure this year is absolutely fantastic. It's awesome, fearless, through the storms of life. We all have storms, and wouldn't it be fantastic if we could rise up in faith, you know, and overcome all those fears? You know, when I was a kid, I had lots of fears and phobias of heights and snakes and germs, all kinds of stuff. Oh, it would have been fantastic if there had been somebody who would have come alongside me and coached me into how to become a, a man of faith and overcome those fears. Well, we have that opportunity to do that very thing now in this Vacation Bible Adventure. Yeah, we used to call it Vacation Bible School, but who wants to go to school in the summertime? This Vacation Bible Adventure, as you guys sign up and volunteer, in every capacity, it's going to make a difference in the life of these kids here. It genuinely will. So I just want to thank you in advance. These little boys and girls, they deserve you and me making an investment in their lives. Hi, uh, my name is Heather, and this will be my third year volunteering for VBI. Uh, my name is Mike Kane. And this will be my 14th year. I've been an indoor monitor since my kids were little. I love it because you get the opportunity to spend each evening with these children. You get to meet them. Uh, you spend time with them in the small group tent. And that's when you have discussion time and just really an opportunity to challenge them personally in their relationship with Christ. We get to also take the lessons that are taught in the chapel service at Pastor Ron teaches and in the drama and continue to talk to the kids in our, our walking and talking time, you know, between the different activities. I love it because I get to have personal uh, impact on these children. And the neat thing is, is they come back to you night after night. They want to be a part of your group. It's all making a difference. And I think that's the main thing is you know that what you're doing is not only making a difference in the kids' lives that you're ministering to, but making a difference in the community because I know a lot of people in town and they may not know much about Faith Living Church but they know about the children's event we have here every summer and it has a very positive effect on them it makes them curious about what Faith Living Church is all about yes it's going to be a sacrifice but there also is reward in that commitment when you see you know the kids enjoying and reaping the benefit of the event, that's the reward. And I think there's also reward in, in getting to know other volunteers and realizing that there's other, you know, people that have been coming to Faith Living Church for years that you never knew, but you, you met them through volunteering at VBA. And I think that's important too. To be inside, right in the middle of it all, and to watch the amazing transformation from Monday to Friday, watch kids come in here the beginning of the week to the end of the week, Watch everything that they've learned and the scripture that they're memorizing and the attention all of a sudden that their hearts are turning to God. There's something really powerful of turning a child's heart to God. And I so believe in this ministry. It is such an honor and a privilege to serve. You know, our children are a little misled these days. They're lost and they need a lot of guidance. And um, I think VBA is a great place to start that guidance. If for some reason, they can't get it at home, um, they can certainly find it here.
just want to remind you of a little story. Uh, you probably heard me tell it before, but about some starfish. There was a tremendous storm and it washed these starfish ashore. A little uh, boy went out there and he was walking along the beach early one morning. He was picking up a starfish, throwing it in the water, picking up a starfish, throwing it in the water, picking up a starfish and throwing it in the water. And then he met a guy who'd been walking like five miles down the beach. And he said, listen, starfish by the thousands have washed ashore for five miles or further. It don't make a difference. And the little boy picked up another starfish and he threw it in the water. He says, it makes a difference to that one. And you and I, as we work together, our vacation Bible adventure, every child's life that we touch, it makes a difference. It makes an eternal difference. One of the highlights of my life at our vacation Bible adventure is seeing men and women, husband and wife, they come and they bring their children to our vacation Bible adventure. And I remember 20, 25 years ago, that husband and wife came here as a child of their own self. They come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior right here. And now they're bringing their children to experience Christ the way that they had experienced him, their own self. It is a wonderful time to invest in the life of a child and to make an eternal difference for them. So I want to thank you in advance, all you guys who are going to serve this year and make an eternal difference in these children's lives. God bless you. to wrap things up and thank you for those of you who have already been serving over the many years we've been doing this. It is one of the most valuable things that we do. You know, uh, it just, heaven will be populated with more people because of our investment in the life of these children. And when they grow up and get married and they teach their kids and, and so forth and so on, it just, it makes a difference. And thank you for those who have served and those who are going to sign up today and uh, be here at this uh, meeting that we're going to have about VBA on Thursday. It's only three weeks away. It's amazing. But it's fun. It's the most fun you'll ever have together at church, I think. It's an exciting thing to do together. But before we uh, uh, do the drawing for the man basket, I just want to pray. Father, I thank you for these men and women who are here today. And I thank you for your word that challenges us to be everyday heroes to follow the example of Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us your word and teaching us your ways and giving us faith and causing our faith to grow. Lord, we know that all things are possible to those who believe. And thank you for, for uh, strengthening our believer so we can trust you no matter what. So bless and, and enrich each and every one. Now, if we'd keep our eyes closed for just another moment, would you join me if... If you know Christ, would you reaffirm your faith today as we honor our Heavenly Father? And maybe you're here today and you don't know if you're going to heaven or not. You don't know if you're forgiven or not. You don't know if your name is written in the book of life or not. But you can know today. And would you join me as we pray and reaffirm 
or declare your faith maybe for the very first time. So would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And I believe that he died on the cross for me. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me and for giving me another chance. Help me, almighty God, rise up and be a hero. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Could I get the uh, ushers to bring us up our man basket there? While he's bringing it up here, don't forget the yard sign. Isn't it an awesome picture? Fearless. The guy's on the top of the mountain there. Free. Kids do it. You know all the thing we do at VBA? It costs a pretty penny to do it, but it don't cost a kid who comes anything. It's all free. Vacation Bible Adventure, the address, the date, and it's on both sides. If, if you would give of your yard, and there's these little stakes that stick in there, if you would put one in your yard and a kid was to see it or a mom or a grandma would see it and say, hey, I bet my kids would like to do that, and they come to know Christ, it's because of you. Or you got a place of business, now, don't go put it where it ought not to belong, okay? Don't go put it on the police property, you know, and they come and arrest you or something or another. But uh, ask for permission, but put it on your own. But now, did all the guys, did everybody, all the men, did you get a ticket? Did anybody not get a ticket yet? Any man? Would you make sure they get a ticket real quick? Back there, there's one over here or over there. Ladies, put your hands down. This is for the guys. This is Father's Day. Okay, everybody sit back down. Just a minute, and we're going to release everybody. Okay. All right, and you bring me that bucket on back up here. Make sure all the guys have one. Now, let me tell you what's in here. This is awesome. There are baseballs and barbecue sauce and chocolate syrup and little handy wipes and insect repellent and WD-40 and, and duct tape. And what is this here? That is tire foam and the windshield washer, and cliff bars, and little raincoats, and chewing gum, and root beer, and you know, y'all shouldn't eat these things. I'm going to take that Hershey bar and put it. <laughs> nah, I'll let you keep that too. There's flashlights, and, and charcoal lighter fluid, and what is this? Shaving cream, and Tic Tacs, and Loctite, and batteries, and golf balls, and Handy wipes and bungee cords and extension cords and what is that there? I can't see that. Oh, a little thing to freshen up your car with, you know. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. This thing, I bet you the thing weighs 75 pounds, you know. This is amazing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt there's a bag of gold down in the bottom of that thing, the way it feels anyhow. So, oh, yeah, I forgot. There's even a toothbrush in here, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're a back scratcher. So everybody's put their little ticket in here, right? Okay. I know I've kept you a couple minutes longer. For your, you know, you're going to be celebrating. And you know what, uh, guys, if you would take these particular six kids and put them back there so somebody 
could sponsor one of those kids if they wanted to and put them in a special place so they know that's the ones that we were talking about today. Okay. I need my spectacles. Your card, your, your, your ticket, your coupons, it says, 58150 zero, zero. Are you serious? Ushers, haul him out of here. Okay. Is that anybody's number? I'll read it again. If you're downstairs, run up here quickly. If you're online, call quick. You probably don't have one of these. Anyhow, is that you? All right, come on up here. Woohoo! Congratulations. This is yours. Tell me, is that heavy? Yeah. That is heavy. Give him another grand applause there. He will be a father one day, you know. So. I think uh, if you need prayer, there'll be people around the altar who'd love to pray with you. If you pray and ask Jesus into your life, stop at the Connections desk. They got a, a gift bag for you. And uh, let's see here. Do I have those? Our, our Connections card. Does anyone have a Connections card? Thank you. Connections card. Listen to what it says. If you choose to agree with this, it says, I am determined to live close to my Father God and to focus on taking godly risks that honor him. If that's you, check it off. Drop it in the tithe box. Don't forget to adopt a, or sponsor a kid. Don't forget to sign up for VVA. And uh, if you need prayer, there'll be people around the altar who'd love to pray with you. Take your yard sign. God bless you. You're dismissed. Wait a minute. One more thing. Did we pray for the dads? Real quick, dads, stand up. All you dads. All you dads, even you guys online, stand up. Stand up. Come on now. We got some blessing on <laughs> Lord, we ask your blessings upon all these dads here, on these fathers. And we ask that you grant them wisdom. And Lord, if they've made mistakes in the past, give them the assurance that they're forgiven. And help us all to move forward positively, becoming an everyday hero. To serve other people, our own families, our own children, but other people's as well. Give us a heart and a passion to make a difference, to, to, to be men of significance. Bless these men in all the areas that they have need and those that are dear to them, Father. I thank you for these men, and I ask that you would enrich them and empower them to live the life that Christ has set before them. So we commit them to you, and, and may your greatest blessings be upon them. And all those who agree with that says, Amen and amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Thank you very much.